0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast, because I would never do that to you guys, ever. You guys give me at least 30 minutes of your day every day with all the various podcasts. I'm going to give you everything I got every time I turn the microphone on. I am Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. We are always presented by DraftKings. Thank goodness for those dudes over there. And thank goodness for Greg Cosell. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. If you don't understand the redundancy, welcome. You're new. You don't get the inside joke. You will eventually. Cannot wait to wrap up the divisional breakdown that we've done over the last seven weeks with the civilian GOAT, Greg Cosell. Today is the AFC West, an extremely intriguing division. From top to bottom on a lot of different levels. We'll get to Greg momentarily. But first, it's the last show of the week. Although you guys know you can listen and watch Even Money. Fantasy Feast was awesome yesterday with Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers. Even Money I thought was fantastic with Dan Bach. Uh, And we're really just doing NFL stuff on those shows. So even if you're not diehard fantasy or diehard betting, it's different angles, different ways to look at those teams or those players. So I highly encourage you to check them out. And I highly encourage you guys to engage in any way to be a winner, because I like giving out three new winners every week of you guys listeners, guys, gals that said, "You know what? I like Ross, I like Brian. I like this content. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to be a winner. Because that's what Ross Tucker wants. That's what Mike Singletary wants. I want winners. I want people that want to win. First up, the spread the word winner via social media. You just engage in any way a like, a love. How about this one this week? Corey Savageo? Savageo? I don't know, Corey, but he laughed on Facebook. He laughed at my post about being upset about the latest cold tub research. I don't think I've ever given out a winner for a laugh on Facebook, but I'll take it. It's engagement. I'll take the engagement, Corey. Send me an email, all of you. Always the winners have to email me, ross at rossucker.com, to let me know whether you'd like a press pass or a signed card or a signed picture. You gotta let me know. But Corey is... Today's spread the word winner via social media, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Joseph Miller, 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the code football. That code's available all year long. So why not? And then the YouTube shout out. I think I might've given this guy, this guy's prolific on YouTube. So if you've already won Matt, let me know. But I see Matt Rizzo comments on YouTube quite a bit. So Matt, if you already won, I'll pick somebody else. But I see all your comments, buddy, and I appreciate it. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Joins me every week and hopefully will forever. (laughs) His name is Greg Cosell. Most of you know that. I'm already getting excited for Gary Florian's tweet where he says, not tweet, oh, tweet and YouTube comment. It's a Greg Cosell day. Every week, the same guy, Greg makes the same comment on the YouTube page and I love it it's a Greg Cosell day all right so let's start Greg before we get to the AFC West and we'll do this um, in tux takes which look I, I give you this is what we do about on the podcast you will always be up to date on what's going on in the NFL right I'll give you the four or five headlines of what's going on biggest headline today is Richard Sherman We don't get into the off the field stuff with you, Greg. We do get into the on the field stuff. And I guess there's two different questions on Richard Sherman. Now, look, he only played five games last year. Yeah. Right. So, and he's 33 years old. So the injury issue is real. I guess the question is what do you think he could still offer a team, Greg, at this point? if he's even able to play now after these legal issues. Well, let
2: me ask you this, Ross. Is corner an important position in the NFL? Very. Has anyone signed? Put aside what happened this week because that just happened. Had anyone signed him this off season? No. That tells you all you need to know. He plays a premium position. He's coming off an injury. There's an age factor. Uh, He's a... A specific kind of player at this point in his career, because he's he's not really a man-to-man corner, and in fact, he was never a great man-to-man corner because of the way Seattle played in their uh, in their great days with the Legion of Boom. Um, so I think we're at the point where. Richard Sherman was not in high demand. His length was always a major factor in his ability to play because as a zone corner, uh, and he did not have great speed, but stride length, just like a receiver, stride length for a corner is a very important trait. And he could use that stride length to stay with vertical routes, even though he did not have great straight line speed but the league has told you essentially what Richard Sherman is at this point in his career.
0: Yeah, my guess on that is that there are people that would be willing to sign him, but he's not willing to play for that kind of money. And that happens. Yeah, He's he's made so much money that that happens at this stage. I will say this, though, Greg. You can't say this about very many players, but it feels like he changed the game a little bit or almost became the prototype. Now, look, people have always wanted taller, longer corners. That's not, like, new. But even the Cowboys, Dan Quinn's there now. He got, like, three, six, three, six, four corners this offseason in the draft and otherwise, Greg. It felt like, based on what Seattle did in general, and Sherman in particular, he almost
2: became the prototype that a lot of these teams were looking for. Well, it's it's a great it's an interesting point you made because he became a prototype for a certain style of defense because with his length and it being a little high cut, he was not a quick twitch transition change of direction corner. Which, if you're going to play, let's say a lot of press man, uh, you, you need more of that. Uh, he's a zone corner, really smart, played with his eyes exceptionally well, great zone discipline, great understanding of receiver splits and route concepts and how that impacted his zone responsibilities and the length length is really important for his own corner. I mean, it's important. It's, it's wonderful to have great length for any corner, no matter what defense you play, but Yes, he became somewhat of a prototype for that kind of defense. Um, and of course, every team wants taller corners now because wide receivers are bigger. You know, it's tough to put a five nine, five ten corner on the outside, no matter what his his athletic and physical traits are, to match up to a six two, six three receiver. It's it just makes it harder.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really good point. Um, I think you nailed the Sherman breakdown. I guess on some level, you know, his game was never really built around speed. So, you know, maybe he could still, even though he's older, maybe he could still, you know, fill that kind of role or some role for someone. Uh, But, man, you know, with the legal issues now, after where he was already a free agent, I think it's going to be pretty tough for him um, anytime soon. That's for sure. Let's dive into the AFC West, Greg. Our last division – And as interesting as any, quite frankly, I like to go alphabetical order. So we'll start with the Denver Broncos, Greg, because, man, there's a lot of different ways, directions you could go, even just with the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll start with their offense. And obviously they brought in Teddy Bridgewater to compete with Drew Locke. We don't know how that's going to play out. Um, They have a defensive head coach in Vic Fangio. So the question becomes, because they also drafted Javante Williams, the running back from North Carolina in the second round, who I could easily make a case based on film study that he was the best pure runner in this draft. So they now have Javante Williams. They still have Melvin Gordon. Uh, Will this be a running football team? Will they try to play, in a sense, old school football, Ross? Run the ball, play good defense. Um, you know, Vic Fangio is obviously one of the best defensive minds in the game. They've got Von Miller, who says he's now healthy and ready to rock and roll. They've got Chubb. They've got some good players on defense. They drafted Patrick Sertan uh, in the first round, a top 10 pick. Um, Justin Simmons is a very overlooked, really good safety in this league. So they're, this is a really solid defense. Well coached, of course, as well. So, the big question to me is what their offensive approach will be. Uh, you know, Drew Locke certainly is a more gifted thrower than Teddy Bridgewater. But if they choose to play sort of the conservative offensive game, they could feel that Bridgewater is more the player that they want. And, and that's an unanswerable right now. You know, it's really interesting
0: because I can totally, in my head, Greg, I can see Drew Locke being the starting quarterback. And early in the season, he has a multi-turnover game. And I can totally see Fangio being like, all right, I'm done with it now. It's year yeah. it's year three. I'm not doing any more. Put Teddy in. Maybe Teddy's more conservative. Maybe it's more checked out. I, I don't care. Put Teddy. Because that's what defensive coordinator, defensive
2: minded head coaches in particular, really dislike well it's funny you say that because this is a team with a ton of weapons on the outside I went through all of Jerry Judy's past targets from a year ago and he had some some really bad drops way too many drops but boy does he get open he just is open all the time he is such a good route runner and then they've got Cortland Sutton Sutton coming back and Sutton is really good people have forgotten about him because he didn't play last year Tim Patrick's a really good receiver, a little bit overlooked and unknown. K.J. Hamler. Noah fan is a tight end with a lot of athletic talent. This is a team with a lot to work with on the perimeter. So, again, your, your point, and that was the same point I was making, it, it, it's an important point. Locke is a certain kind of quarterback. Drew throws it really well. But you really need to define it for him pre-snap. He's not a post-snap player. You really need to define things for him as best as you can before the snap of the ball so he knows where he's going. Um, Once it gets into the post-snap phase and he has to sort of figure it out in those two or three seconds, that's where he still needs much work. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, we know a lot
0: about them. We've seen a lot of them in the playoffs and Super Bowls the last couple of years. What What's unique about them this year, Greg? What What is worth discussing
2: right now? I mean, I you know, I think they tried to really beef up their O-line. They brought in Joe Tooney. Um, obviously, uh, they traded for Orlando Brown, who will play left tackle. Um so, you know, I think they clearly tried to do that. They drafted Creed Humphrey, a center from Oklahoma, in the second round, who whose tape I really liked. I think he'll be a solid pro. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see him. One of those guys who I think will play 10, 12 years in the league and just be a good player. Um, so, I mean, we know what they are offensively. I, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that. To me, the only question here is... Is there more of a run game on a week to week basis? Now that Clyde Edwards Elaire is going into his second year, is he a little bit more of a volume back? And by that, he's not going to carry 300 times. But do, do they focus a bit more on the run game? Or does Clyde Edwards Elaire, you know, keep this in mind? Clyde Edwards Elaire is, in a sense, This team's version of Brian Westbrook when Brian Westbrook was in Philly with Andy Reid and Westbrook did have a couple of years with a lot of carries. So that's why I'm just curious as to what this offense will look like. We don't need to discuss Patrick Mahomes. Uh, There's nothing I'm going to say that people don't know. Um, Defensively, there are some changes here. Um, They brought in Jaron Reed, who was with Seattle. I think he's a really good interior defensive player. They've talked more about playing Chris Jones on the outside. And I'm sure Jaron Reed is one reason for that. So that might be a change. Uh, Willie Gay, who was a second round pick a year ago, will obviously get an opportunity. They lost Damian Wilson, who uh, played meaningful snaps for them a year ago. So there are some changes here. The secondary is pretty much the same although they did bring in Mike Hughes, I think he'll end up being their, their nickel, their slot.
0: You know, I thought their secondary played a lot better than people realized last year. I mean, the rookie, Legereus Sneed, I mean, they had some guys yeah. Yeah. on the back end that, that really played well that I think a lot of people aren't as familiar with. What about the Raiders, Greg? Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of turnover at a lot of different spots.
2: Yeah, they're they're going to be an interesting team because their defense was not very good a year ago, and and you know they they obviously have a new coordinator. It's it's now Gus Bradley, and one thing you know about Gus Bradley is you know what you're going to get. It's fundamentally sound. He plays more zone than man. Um, a lot of coaches have moved. A lot of the cover three coaches, you know, the single high safety coaches, including Gus Bradley. We saw that with Robert Sala last year in San Francisco. A lot of those cover three foundational coaches have started to play more split safety cover four quarters. And, and Gus Bradley did that last year as well. So uh, we'll see what he does. They, they drafted uh, Trevon Morig in the uh, second round. I'm sure they expect him to be a starter at free safety. Uh, so, but defensively is where they need to improve dramatically. They have not made a ton of changes here on defense. So they're counting on the scheme and the coaching to make players better and, and to allow players to play. You know, one thing about a Gus Bradley defense is it's always allowed players to play fast. And I think that's what they're counting on.
0: Last, but certainly not least, Uh, The L.A. Chargers feels like every year people are excited about the L.A. Chargers going into the season. And especially with the new coach and Brandon Staley, I mean, they've lost a lot of close games the last couple of years uh, with Anthony Lynn as their head coach. Now they've got Brandon Staley. And I think we all, Greg, are sort of curious to see, you know, how much better Herbert can be than he was, which was already outstanding. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously it's a brand new staff. They, um, they signed, uh, they, they drafted Rashawn Slater. He's going to be a tackle for them. Everybody talked about, well, he should move inside. He will play tackle for the Chargers. They really feel good about their O-line. They, they have Corey Lindsley at center. Um, they have Bulag at right tackle. This is a pretty solid O-line now. And it was a, not a very good O-line a year ago. Um, they drafted Josh Palmer from Tennessee in the third round, a receiver I really, really liked. I know they feel really good about this kid. And you you pair him with Keenan Allen, who's so good, so smart. And Mike Williams, um, this is a pretty good receiving core. Uh, Herbert was, you know, again, he was just so good. Um, And and there's no reason to believe that he won't be as good. He's as physically gifted. You know, he's in the top three or four in the league in terms of just pure physical gifts. Um, You know, defensively, look, Brandon Staley's so good defensively. I would expect this defense, as the season progresses, to get better and better simply based on the coaching and the scheme. You know, I don't remember really anybody, Greg,
0: being all that high on Herbert going into the draft. Certainly, I don't think anybody really thought he would do what he did this past year. What did we miss? (laughs) What's the the lesson moving forward there? I mean, mean, the Dolphins didn't think so, otherwise they would have taken him.
2: I don't think there's a lesson, uh, Ross, because it's individual based. You can't, you know, you can't just say, okay, well, big quarterbacks with big arms who can can move around. You got to take those guys because that doesn't automatically mean that guy's going to be a great player. You know, I think I've talked to a lot of people about Herbert, and again, I'm not in the building, okay? So I don't know how he works, but. As you probably know, there's more and more kinds of tests now that teams do that are, you know, that are viewed as intelligence tests. But they're more athletic intelligence tests. In other words, it's not an IQ test per se. It has to do with what they now call athletic intelligence. I've learned a little about it. I don't know enough about it to speak with any real smarts about it. But I can tell you this. This kid scored off the charts on all these tests that they give, that teams now give. So maybe there's just an, an intelligence factor and under, a football intelligence factor, an understanding factor. Uh, you know, maybe he's just really a quick learner. I don't know. I'm just speculating now, but I do know that he scored off the charts on all these tests that teams now give.
0: Yeah, I think my big lesson or takeaway is I I feel like we can't punish these guys for what – their college coaches do with them i'm like i i saw enough bad from him in oregon that to watch what he did in the nfl last year i'm sorry greg i'm i made the joke last year
2: i'm blaming the oregon coaches like like, and, and look i can tell you right now and i was not the only one that there were some concerns with his film when I watched his tape his last year at Oregon. There were some concerns without question. Look, everybody can see he's big, he can run, and he's got a great arm. You don't need to be a high-level scout, Ross, to see that. But the the quarterback position is very nuanced. It's it's detailed. It's a disciplined craft. It's not, let's roll the ball out and let a guy run around because he's athletic and has a big arm. So there were concerns coming out. So, again, I come back to coaching. If I'm not mistaken, Pep Hamilton was the quarterback coach there a year ago. Obviously, he's not there now. um, But I'm sure coaching had a lot to do with it as well. His name is Greg Cosell. You know this. He's the
0: civilian GOAT. Check him out, at Greg Cosell. Terrific work, as always. Next week, we are going into the laboratory with Professor Cosell. How does he break down players? How does he break down schemes? How many games does he watch? What angle does he watch? You know, you guys have been listening to him and or watching him for years. Now let's find out exactly how he goes about his business. I can't wait. Next week's episode should be amazing. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Speaking of amazing, by the way, there are so many ridiculous offers for the, the British Open or what do they call it? The Open Championship going on right now over in Europe just get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone if you haven't already and use the promo code Ross they got a million I mean they got 50 to 1 odds on guys to make birdies it's crazy just get the app on your phone if you don't have it already and make the open championship a lot more interesting this weekend
2: Ducks Takes
1: Morning, Ross. It is franchise tag deadline day, but appears that if exactly no long term deals are going to get done.
0: I think between Adam Schefter and Ian Rapoport, they've kind of gone through every guy and sort of come to the summary that nope, nope, nope. And it's a little surprising because I would have thought and I think Andrew Brent and I talked about this, that they would have liked to have gotten the salary cap numbers lower for these guys, but I think it's just tough to do a long-term deal until they know more about the cap next year and future years right now. There's a little bit too much uncertainty for these guys to lock in these long-term deals, both sides, both the player side and the team side. So that makes sense to me. Tuck Takes.
1: Meanwhile, the biggest news involves some troubling details and charges for free agent cornerback Richard Sherman. You and Greg obviously talked about a little bit about that earlier. Uh, so the Sherman stuff includes domestic violence, burglary, and resisting arrest, and no bail.
0: I guess the no bail so far is a procedural thing. Anytime it's a domestic violence charge, I guess in Washington state, they have to go before a judge. First, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go into all the details. You know, I think there's a 911 call that people can listen to if they're interested. His wife, you know, uh, said that there was a lot of drinking involved. Uh, there may or may not be a hit and run incident. I mean, it's a, it, it, it was a crazy night um, to be sure. A, a canine unit had to get involved. I mean, it's... There's a lot there uh, that leads me to believe. Evidently, Ian Rappaport reported that you know Richard Sherman's been going through some stuff personally, and that appears to be the case. But there's a lot of charges here. That and the injury last year and the age, I think there's a decent chance, you know, we have we have seen the end of, of Richard Sherman's football career. Maybe not, but Certainly a possibility. Certainly doesn't feel like he'll be playing this year anytime soon.
1: While we're on the domestic violence front, Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins' wife faces a domestic violence charge for allegedly assaulting him at a Las Vegas hotel room earlier this month.
0: So the only point I will make here is right or wrong, this does not help any of the perceptions or concerns that teams have about Dwayne Haskins. There are concerns about his maturity, his off-the-field relationships, and look, none of us know what happened there. He wasn't charged, his wife was, but the bottom line is it just doesn't help the concerns that are out there about Haskins ability to ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL takes
1: uh, back on the field. Supposedly big Ben had a tell this past season, which gave a good indication of a run versus pass your thoughts.
0: You know, I didn't notice it, but I can tell you that man, these coaches spend a lot of time trying to notice these things. And I wonder if, if a team or two late in the year had a good beat on it, I wonder how long he was doing it. I mean, they were 11-0, so it couldn't have been that big of a deal. But somebody, I guess, online discovered it. I haven't even looked at their research yet, but I will tell you I'm pretty confident he won't have that tell this year. Let's put it that way.
1: Tux takes. And finally, Al Bubba Baker, officially recognized as the all-time sack leader. And the Titans are going to put Bum Phillips, Jeff Fisher, and Floyd Reese into their ring of honor this season.
0: Well, that's cool for the Titans. Uh, Bum Phillips, Fisher, Floyd Reese all did a a lot for that organization and were there for years and years and years. So I think that's well-deserved for those men. As for Al Bubba Baker, D. Lyman with the Lions, unofficially recognized, Bri. Unofficially. I think you said officially, maybe. Or maybe I just didn't hear the un. But unofficially recognized. Kudos to the guys at Pro Football Reference, which is a tremendous website. Somehow they were able to get the footage of like 1960 to 1982, which is before sacks were were, were officially recognized as a stat by the NFL. And they went through every game and watched every play. And I guess there was a year where Bubba Baker had 23 sacks, which is amazing. Good for him. And good for those of you that become the last three people to get in the best ball draft, the July best ball draft, with me and Joe Dolan on the Fantasy Feast podcast next week. Just take it, Just get, get yourself some Raycon earbuds or do the Warby Parker home try-on kit or whatever. We got three more dudes or dudettes that are getting in the best ball draft with me and Joe next week. Go ahead and get in on that. It'd be awesome. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask
2: an NFL player a question? Well, well here's, here's your, your chance. chance. It's time to ask Ross.
0: The email address is Ross at rosstucker.com. I absolutely love answering your email questions because you guys have very interesting questions that I otherwise would not think of because I'm not that creative and or imaginative. If you take advantage of any of our sponsors ever, I guarantee to read and respond to your question on the show.
1: Today's question, hey, Ross, uh, personal finance and investing have been interests of mine for a long time, and I'd likely be in that industry if I weren't an engineer. So every year we read about pro athletes who go bankrupt and or trust their money to the wrong people. My question for you is if a rookie NFL player came to you, how would you go about helping guide them toward financial prosperity? And also, are financial woes for pro athletes due more to head knowledge or behavior from your experience? Thanks a lot. That is from James in Arizona. Uh,
0: Good question, James. So I'll go in reverse order. Financial woes for pro athletes. Uh, Number one, they either don't trust anybody or they trust the wrong people. And you can actually go back. I had my financial advisor, 10-year NFL veteran, Kurt Schultz, on the show probably a month or two ago. And we talked about this. They either don't trust anyone or unfortunately they trust the wrong people. And professional athletes are targets of scammers because they're young and they are ignorant. A lot of times in matters of finances, they don't trust anybody and they have a lot of money. So they are an easy prime target for such people. It's really sad. So... Um, they don't trust anybody or they trust the wrong people. They don't have any background or knowledge in finance or investing. They didn't grow up that way. They weren't taught about finances or investments. And they also don't have a great grasp of how quickly you can spend that money. They also haven't been taught, you know, saving money and the time value of money And so they want to go out and they know they have a lot of money and they spend it. They buy stuff rather than saving it and having that money accumulate over time. It's extremely sad, James, which is why I got my series seven and 66 while I was a player, because I thought that might be a field I would want to go into. And um, look, there's a lot of things I'd like to do. I'd like to be a coach. I'd like to be in a front office. I'd like to be a financial advisor. I mean, you can only do so much in life, but that I really wanted to try to help as many of those guys as possible. Um, if a rookie NFL player came to me, I would try to establish as close a relationship as possible. So they would just trust me. So they would listen to me because if they listen to me, I I feel very confident, uh, we could do great things together. And honestly, James, I'd probably just get a diversified portfolio of a lot of index funds. And, uh, Teach them that over time, those are going to grow for you. I I probably wouldn't get real specific. I would keep the fees low, even though I'm the one receiving the fees, because I think that's a great way to grow your finances. Shoutouts are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, and HumanHeadNYC.com. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler, or in Indiana, 109.